Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala has blessed us with innumerable favors and bounties. And among these great bounties and favors and gifts, after the gift of Iman and various other gifts that are related to Iman, is this very life itself. This life without Iman is worthless. This life is that great gift, that great bounty and favor. But if a person really makes this life a life, then by means of this he gains that eternal life of happiness, of bliss, of serenity, of peace, of tranquility, and whatever other description we can give it of the best types of words and descriptions beyond what we can think about, beyond our understanding, beyond our wildest imaginations, which Rasulullah relates in the Hadith Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ وَكَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Allah Ta'ala says that I have prepared for my pious servants, my righteous servants. مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ which no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard of the reality of those ni'mats, those bounties, no eye has ever seen, or no ear has ever heard of, and no heart can ever conceive. But the attainment of those bounties, and that eternal jannat, and that bliss, and that tranquility, and that serenity, and that never-ending happiness, and not just never-ending, forever-increasing happiness, that is dependent on making this life a life. And this life is very, very short. This life is extremely short. And suddenly the time comes for a person to leave and then he's gone. One moment there was laughter, there was merrymaking, there was joy and there was a whole lot of entertainment and a lot of noise. Suddenly death came everything went away. Aai qaza bahosh ko behosh kar gai hangama hayat ko khamosh kar gai that came and the person who was walking and talking and laughing and joking and he was at the peak of so many things he was making it happen as they say and things were happening at his fingertips and everybody was at his beck and call and then suddenly he isn't, has even lost his name he's referred to as the mayyad is there and what time will they pick up the janaza? He even lost his name in that one moment. Then the only place that name comes is perhaps on that little board at the side of his grave. But other than that, everything else is left behind and even his name is behind. So this is the reality of life, that it is very, very valuable provided that a person makes this life a life. And at the same time, 
this life is extremely short. Death has never ever taken into consideration a person's age, a person's health condition, a person's financial position, a person's social status, a person's standing in society, nothing of the sort. A person's time came, whether he was 100 years old, or whether it was a one-year-old child, or a one-day-old child, or anybody in between, the time came that took him away. So in any case, <coughs> when this is the case, that life is very valuable, but at the same time very short, and the destination is Jannah, and we have to reach there safely, inshallah, without having to go through any detours. So in order to get there safely, a person also takes note of those things which become hurdles in the way so that he can avoid it. Those things that become obstacles so that he can avoid it. And he does not get deviated by the obstacles, by the hurdles. He doesn't trip and fall somewhere. So Allah wa ta'ala also spelt out the hurdles, the obstacles. That look, you want to get directly to Jannah. You want to get safely to this eternal bliss and happiness. And then you have this little short life in this dunya. So let us also tell you what are the things that become the obstacles. So that don't ever get into that trap. And don't ever allow those obstacles to derail you from your journey to Jannah. So in this very short surah of the Quran that was recited, Allah is highlighting one of the main hurdles, the obstacles, one of the greatest pitfalls that comes in the path of somebody trying to reach Jannah directly. Allah says, Alhaakumut Takasur. Alhaakumut Takasur. Alhaakum, that it has made you neglectful. It has made you forget what at takasur. Takasur, there are two meanings that come from this word. One is the boasting and vying and competing in terms of dunya. That if somebody has something, I must have something better. If somebody has a certain item, then I can outsmart him. And all the time trying to upgrade and update and all the various other words that go along with it. Just today as we were coming, one of the Sati was discussing something that one of the students, the new Muslim, so he's studying in the madrasa on a lower level, elementary level. So one of the questions in the paper was, define who is a muttaqi. So now he, according to his best understanding, he had to define this, who is a muttaqi. So he wrote, an upgraded Muslim. <laughs> which is a very correct description. And a very apt description, especially in our context, where we are all the time concerned about upgrading dunya. But have we reflected upon upgrading our iman? On upgrading our akhlaq? On upgrading the quality of our salah, on upgrading the level of our khushu and khudu. So in any case, 
Allah tabarak wa ta'ala is saying that this competing for dunya and boasting over dunya, this is something that becomes a major hurdle and makes a person neglectful of akhirat, makes him forget what his destination is, makes him suddenly now focus on dunya as if it's the be all and end all. And the other is the very greed of dunya, al-haqumut takafu. That greed for more and more, as they say, that the word enough, there's no different definition for it. Can anybody define what is enough? There's no definition for enough. Enough is what a person makes of it. Enough is what a person makes of it. So in any case, this makes a person ghafil. It makes him neglectful. So when a person becomes neglectful, he becomes ghafil. What becomes the result? Then he becomes ghafil of his ibadah, for example. So now it will be time for salah. The mazir will be saying, Hayya ala salah, hayya ala falah. The person will say, but not now, I'm busy now. Now December has come. So now is the time to now make the maximum. So not now, later. I'm making qaza. That too is fine. I'm making qaza. Whereas the hadith, Nabi Islam says, Man fatathu salatun. Person missed one salah in its time. فَكَأَنَّمَا وُتِرَ أَهْدُهُ وَمَانُ As if all his wealth and all his family all have been destroyed in one go. So he'll become neglectful of his ibadat. And if he's performing that ibadat, that heart will still be elsewhere because that becomes the focus. So it'll be how he can quickly get back to where he was. He'll become neglectful of his mu'amalat. The correct way of dealing. That is he dealing honestly, justly? Or is he making zulm on anybody? Or is he cheating somebody? Now if a person has akhirat in front of him, he has mort in front of him, therefore after this Allah Ta'ala says, Hatta zultumul maqabir. That sometimes a person gets so immersed in this neglect that it continues until death. And this is the message, that if a person kept death in front, then this neglect would never remain. Otherwise, his neglect continues to death. And if death is in front, then that guides him. Guides him to do the right thing. Guides him that tomorrow I will have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. How will I answer for this? Saves him from zulm, from oppression. Khatib Baghdadi has written a strange incident, but a real eye-opener and something to reflect. See, there was one person in Baghdad, one trader, businessman, life was carrying on, good person, pious person, and time went on, one day some woman came to buy something from his shop. So in any case, his eyes fell on her, and he was, as they say, thrown off his feet. Now many a times, when a person gets thrown off his feet, Allah forbid, he gets thrown in such a way, that he throws so many things along with him. He throws his family away, he throws his life away, he throws his deen away, and he throws what not away. And that is when a person starts getting involved in haram, and often the root of that is, the start of it is the misuse of the eyes. Nazratun fattisamun fasalamun falikaun famo'idun falikaun famo'idun uh, one gaze, then there'll be a smile, and there'll be salam, and then فَكَلَامٌ فَمَوْعِدٌ فَلِقَاؤُنْ And there'll be some conversation, then there'll be an appointment, and there'll be a meeting. 
started off from the gaze in the depths of haram. And therefore, right on this very first step, Allah Ta'ala has placed the barrier. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. To lower their gazes, and as a result, they will guard their chastity and protect it. And if the gaze is going to be left loose, then the chastity is in danger. And as a result, that mujahada that will be made, then that mujahada will bring the sweetness of iman. That this haram glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. Allah Ta'ala says, The person who will save himself from this haram glance and he'll take the pain on his heart. This is the couple of my Shaykh Hazrat Mashaatim and Akhtar Sahib Alhamdulillah He says We took a thousand pains on our heart The pain of breaking those temptations Shampling those temptations Not giving in to the haram desires When we carried on shampling it a thousand times Then we attain Allah then we attain the sweetness of Iman. <laughs> so when a person will forsake this, Allah Ta'ala says, Abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbi. That he will get such Iman in return that he will taste the sweetness of that Iman in his heart. <laughs> so in any case, this person was a trader, this businessman, so he saw this woman and he got carried away. But in any case, then he did what was halal. He finally performed a nikah. But then he did one thing which was not the right thing to do. He did it secretly. And these secrets never stay secret. So in any case, he got married secretly. And now, life is apparently still carrying on. But his wife now, his first wife, saw that something is not normal. Things have seemed to be changed somewhat. In his ways, in his manner, in the way he's approaching her. And talking to her and whatever else. So she detected something. So one day she told her slave woman that tomorrow when he goes in the morning as normal, you follow him the whole day and just see what's going on, where he's going, what's happening. And you don't tell anybody anything about it, you just observe everything and come tell me. So the next morning as normal he left. So now he doesn't know the slave woman is following him. He went to his business. The whole morning he was busy with his work. Then came Zohar time. He went to the masjid. After Zohar, now, he doesn't know he's being followed. Instead of going to his business, he took another turn. So now this slave woman is following. So she finally sees that he came to a certain house. He went into the house. So she was quite smart. She went to visit the neighbors. So you say, you know, somebody, find out from the neighbors. So in any case, she went to visit the neighbors and started just, uh, somebody just came along. And while talking, etc., who lives next door? You see, well, so-and-so lady lives next door. She recently got married to this trader, this business person in Baghdad. So the whole thing now became clear. She quietly learnt of this and she came back and gave the whole report. Now this lady got the whole story. My husband now has a second wife. Whatever went through her heart at that time. But this person didn't do anything haram. There's two parts to this. 
One is that our mind and heart must be very, very clear about whatever the ahkam of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala has made something halal, we must not have any reservation about its being halal. That is one aspect which must be very clear about. Something is halal, it's halal. We don't make something halal, it's haram. The second part of it is that this halal, should it be undertaken or not, that's a separate part. So generally the mashayikh say that adal and insaf and that is a different thing, somebody who really can do it well and good. Otherwise, generally the average person is beyond him. Somebody can do it well and good. So if that's something as a masla which a person should now consult those who have the experience and the know-how and the knowledge. But the incident we're talking about, now she came to know about it, but she kept quiet. She didn't tell anybody anything. She didn't even mention it to the husband that this is what I have come to know. And she carried on as if she knows nothing. What she might have, what supper she might have made, only she knows. Time passed. Eventually that person passed away. This husband of hers passed away. Now when he passed away, so he was, this was his base. He was living here. And that was his secondary place. So everything was here. So when he passed away, she now had to now sort all his matters out. So now the inheritance had to be sorted out also. So she called that maid servant of hers, that slave woman, and she said, look, that first time when you followed the deceased, when you went along and you saw which house he went to, so you know where that house is, you know the, which place that is. So now you take this bag. In that bag was 500 dinars, 500 gold coins. In our context, 500 krugerans. And you take it to that lady, and you say to her that your husband has passed away. And this is your share of the inheritance. Because you're a wife. So the wife inherits. Now on the one hand, though he did what he did was halal, but generally a woman will say that you betrayed me. And her inner feeling will be that you don't want to just put the knife in him, she wants to turn it around also. So whatever feelings went through her, she was not neglectful of the realities. This is a very temporary place. My destination is Jannat. I have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah. Moth is coming. The day of Qiyamah is coming. Accountability is coming. So, this woman doesn't know me. I don't know her. Nobody else knows she's married. she was married. A few people know, but nobody has an idea what's going on in this house. How much money is left behind? She didn't think of all those things. What she thought about was Akhirat. I could stand in front of Allah. So she, the full share, which was the share of inheritance, so he had left a huge sum behind. So that one eighth, which would be her share, now she has to share that one eighth between herself and this co-wife. That 500 dinar, she put it in the bag, and she said, you take it and you give it to me. So any case, this maidservant came. She came to that house, she knocked on the door, person called her in. So she sat down and she said, well, I brought some sad news. What is the sad news? The sad news is that so-and-so who was your husband has passed away. So this lady started crying. In any case, after that she then presented this bag to her. And she said that the first wife sent this, that this is your share of the inheritance. And there is this whatever amount is in here. 
So when she presented this bag of 500 gold coins, so this lady left that there and she woke up and she went to one little cupboard or drawer or something and she pulled out one piece of paper and gave it. And she said to the slave woman again that you take this bag of money back. Because I'm not entitled to this. What the reality is that about six months ago, my husband divorced me. And this, he even wrote down the divorce. Nobody else knew about it. He married me secretly. He divorced me also. Nobody knew about it. So since he had divorced me, my iddat is over. I am not entitled to anything from inheritance. So you take it and return it. Now put both these people on the same pedestal. That that lady, if she didn't send it, nobody was there to ask for it in this dunya. Because nobody could know, have known what was left behind. And if this lady kept quiet about it, nobody even knew that she was divorced. If she kept quiet about it, who would have been the wiser as we say? But, they didn't allow this dunya to become a barrier and make them neglectful about the reality of Akhirat. So when moth is in front, akhirat is in front, this reality is in front, that tomorrow I go to meet Allah wa ta'ala. I have to answer. I have to give an account of my deeds. I have to account for all the things that I've done in dunya. When a person has this in front of him, then he is prepared to forego dunya to keep his akhirat safe and secure. Then he rather just let certain things go if he's got the slightest doubt in it also. But he will not want to jeopardize his akhirat in any way. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, Al-Hakumut Takathur Hatta Zurtumul Maqabir. That this continues until Zurtumul Maqabir Hatta Yatiyakumul Maut. Until death comes. But the lesson in this is that the person who keeps death in front, that becomes the barrier from this neglect. That then keeps a person on track. And therefore, Rasulullah has so greatly emphasized. That excessively remember that which severs all pleasures. That is mouth, death. Excessive, excessively remember it. And this is something that is the only real protection for a person from haram, from sin. Otherwise, it's very difficult if a person doesn't have this reality in front of him. That death can come at any moment and have to meet Allah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi excessively remember this. Remember that this life is ticking. Any moment that last tick might come. That this life, every moment is getting shorter and shorter. And any moment like a block of ice, it's dripping, you can't stop it. And any moment that last drop will drop, then it's too late. While we have this life, Allah has given us a chance to make the akhirat. So Allah is saying, Hatta zultumul maqabil. In this is the message that keep this qabristan, this life after death, this grave, keep it in front. And there are so many easy ways about going about this. One is now a person is sitting, we are all sitting. And how often we are sitting, sometimes we are walking. Every now and again a person is sitting to think, today I'm sitting on the earth, tomorrow I'll be under this earth. Just bring this thought to mind, once, twice. While walking, today I'm walking on the earth, tomorrow I'll be under it. 
I'm sleeping on the earth today. Tomorrow I'll be sleeping beneath the earth. I'm carrying sand today. Whatever, I'm carrying sand to build this great huge mansion. I'm getting the sand carried for me. But tomorrow the sand will be heaped upon me. Today I'm putting the light on. Did I put the light, made the provisions for the light in my cover? So to just think about this every now and again, to bring this to top to mind. And outwardly it seems very, very small, easy, very insignificant. But that is unfortunately the thing that sometimes things that seem very, very simple, we get deluded by the simplicity to think that it's insignificant. Whereas some of these very simple things are very, very effective. And a person just keeps bringing this thought every now and again. Every hour, one, two hours have passed, again he's bringing it just for a fleeting few moments, few seconds. He's just thinking, today I'm walking on the earth, tomorrow I'll be under it. I'm sitting today on the earth, on a lush carpet, with all the facilities that I want. Tomorrow I'll be under the earth. Have I made the provisions? The provisions for under the earth is a'mal, iman and a'mal. So when a person has this moth in front, then it will keep him on track. And if this moth is not in front, then this neglect comes. It comes in a person's mu'amalat. It comes in a person's mu'asharat. In his social interaction. In his treatment of his parents. In how he treats his wife. In how the wife treats the husband. Now that aspect of khayrukum khayrukum li ahlihi. When a beast says, the best of you is the one who is best to his wife. Or the person who has akhirat in front of him, then he has this in front of him also. And if akhirat is not in front, then this also disappears. Now that poor woman is sometimes in such a predicament, she can't come out and she can't stay in. It's like moth, not even moth, like jahannam. That neither the person dies in there, and neither is the person alive really. But why this happens? Because of this consciousness of Akhirat having gone out of our minds, far away. It's down, deep down in the back somewhere. But it's so far away in the back that it's not serving the purpose of preventing a person from doing that which Allah Ta'ala is forbidden. So, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Al-Hakumut Takathur Hatta Zurtumul Maqabir Never, very soon you will come to know. Never what? That this dunya is not the place to focus on. And akhirat is not something that can be, we can afford to neglect. For emphasis Allah Ta'ala then says, very soon you will come to know the reality. That akhirat was not something to have forgotten. The reality of moth was not something to have this put aside. This is a reality that should have been kept in front all the time. That had you only known with true conviction that what is the akhirat about? That this death is coming and it's certainly coming. And before it comes, I have to prepare for this everlasting life of the akhirat. So therefore, I should now not be boastful about dunya because that is going to become a major hurdle for akhirat. I should be a humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. Because this tafakhur, this is detested by Allah Ta'ala. So the tawazu and the humility, this is something Allah Ta'ala loves. 
This is Nabi Salaam teaching us humility. So many of his incidents in his life, Nabi Salaam was from head to toe humility. He's sitting and eating also in a very humble way. One person comes and he sees the way Nabi Salaam is sitting, and he starts trembling as a result of that awe that overcame him. That such a personality, the greatest of Allah Taala's creation, and sitting in such a humble way. Nabi Salaam said, "Aakulu kama yaakulu al-abd." I sit like a slave. I eat like a slave. I'm a slave of Allah. I'm not Mr. Somebody. I'm not so and so. Whereas he was the greatest somebody in terms of the entire makhluk of Allah. Nabi Islam is saying, I'm just a servant of Allah. That humility. And we find the same humility in the Sahaba Ikram and in the Akabir of the Ummah. One great personality that has passed. Hazrat Mawla Mahmud Hassan Deobindi Rahmatullahi who was known as Sheikhul Hind Rahmatullahi and he was the first student of Darulam Deoband and he became a giant of his time and one day one person came to visit him Mawla Mu'inuddin Ajmeri Rahmatullahi they had never met him before he doesn't know who he is but he's known the personality by his fame and his works so he came all the way, traveled to Deoband to come and meet him. So when he came, so he jumped in the rickshaw from the train, came out of the train and then took the rickshaw. So everybody knew Sheikh Ulhid, great famous personality. So in Deoband he was known as Bare Maulana. So this person, he said, Bare Maulana ke aajana, katao. Very well, I'll take you, he knew the house, the tech, every person knew the house. So the rickshaw person took him and brought him and left him outside the house and he carried on. So he came, he knocked on the door. So one person, it was hot summer's day, it was in the afternoon. Summer's day, 45 degrees, 50 degrees. So one person came to the door and he was in a, like a vest and a lungi. So he said, I've come to meet Sheikhul Hind. So he welcomed him inside, come very well. And come sit down, just now he'll come. Then he brought something cold for him to drink. And so then this person said that, look, please inform him that I'm here. So he said, don't worry, you relax, inshallah, you'll meet him. Then after a short while, he brought food and came and presented the food. So now he, in any case, sat down to eat, finish eat. Now after he ate, he said, please, have you informed him? He says, don't worry, you'll meet him just now. It was a very hot day and there were no air conditions and fans and so on, no electricity to start off with. So the hand fan was the thing that people used to cool themselves. So now this hand fan that was there, this person who is dressed in this simple manner, in his house he's obviously, so he takes his hand fan and he's now fanning this guest. And now this guest got a little bit irritated that, look, such a long time I'm sitting here now and I want to meet Sheikh Ulhind Rahmatullahi and now you're not even informing him, you're wasting my time now, I didn't come for all this. So then he replies to him, Sheikh Ulhind Jaisa koi hai nahi banda ko Mahmood Hassan kehte hai. There's no Sheikh Hindia, but Mahmoud Hassan is a person standing in front of you. Now this person became water, as they say, pani pani ho gaya. He started dripping in sweat. This personality I came to see, and he's serving me in this manner, and he's humbled himself, and he's such a giant of a giant. But this was that tawazu. This was that humility. And this is that humility that we are required to bring in our lives. To humble ourselves in front of the servants of Allah Ta'ala. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala alone. مَنْ تَوَادَ عَلِ اللَّهِ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ 
The one who humbles himself, but not for getting elevated. The one who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. Humbling him. We haven't unfortunately learned how to humble ourselves in front of our parents also. Let alone anybody else. Illa mashallah. So this tafakhur Allah Ta'ala detests. Allah Ta'ala loves this tawazu. These sifat, these qualities. These are the real jewels. These, this is the thing that adorns a person. Allahumma zayyinna. This is uh, in the one dua of Rasulullah sallallahu That Nabi sallallahu says, Wa zayyinni bil hilm. Ya Allah, adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. Because this is a real adornment. The outer things, this is all superficial. The real adornment is inside. Outer adornments will fade into insignificance in a moment. Sometimes a person is very impressed with somebody's outer adornments and then the person opens his mouth and starts speaking something vulgar, his whole heart has turned upside down. What kind of a person is he? All those outer adornments mean nothing then. The real adornment is inside the heart, which exposes itself in the person's actions, in his words, in his deeds. So Allah Ta'ala loves this. And when a person humbles himself, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala elevates him. But when will all this come? When a person has this akhirat in front. That this life is a fleeting place. Now I have to deal with everybody correctly also. When akhirat is in front, moth is in front, now a person is concerned, I must make my akhlaq. Because this akhlaq is what's going to weigh heavily in akhirat. مَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ أَثْقَلُ فِي مِزَانِ الْعَبْدِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنْ خُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ The Prophet Salaam says, the heaviest thing on the scales of good deeds in terms of amal, is good akhlaq. Can we imagine? So now when will this akhlaq become a means of focus, or something to focus on, when moth is in front of it? I have to now pre- prepare myself for that everlasting life. I need to make my scales heavy, <coughs> scales of good deeds. What is going to make it heavy? This akhlaq. This akhlaq, which is a very wide concept, which includes this humility, it includes sabr, it includes hilm and tolerance, it includes forgiveness. It includes muhabbat and having love for one another. And all the various other things that go along with it. So Allah Ta'ala says that Kalla sawfa ta'alamun, thumma kalla sawfa ta'alamun, kalla law ta'alamun ilm al-yaqeen, latarawunna al-jaheen. That you will certainly see the fire of Jahannam. Meaning that person who has allowed dunya to make him neglectful. And he remained in that neglect until death came. We are insan, we are human beings, we are weak, we have our mistakes. But when a person errs and he turns in all sincerity to Allah Ta'ala, and he makes sincere tawbah, then that sincere tawbah, Allah Ta'ala then makes it like that entire thing was wiped out like it, like it never happened. The person who sincerely repents to Allah Ta'ala, it is like he never committed the sin in the first place. But that sincere repentance. So, لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمِ ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينِ Allah Ta'ala says, you will see it with complete conviction, like a person seeing something in reality, he is seeing it. One is he hears about it. He hears about many things which he has conviction about. But when he sees it, it's a different thing. It brings it to another level of conviction. You will see it with your eyes and you'll get that full conviction like you see other things and get convinced. And then Allah Ta'ala says, 
Then on that day, on the day of Qiyamah, you will be questioned about the favors that Allah Ta'ala has blessed you. Once Rasulullah came out of his house, it was the middle of the day, and it was extremely hot at the time when nobody comes out normally. And he comes out and he finds Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar both outside. Nabi Sallallahu asked them, what you are doing here? The long hadith is just the crux of it we're giving. And they both say that it's hunger that brought us out. Can you imagine the pangs of hunger were so severe that it did not make it possible to remain sitting. They had to come out to see perhaps something may be found somewhere. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu says, the same thing has brought me out also. Then Nabi Sallallahu takes them and they come to an Ansari's house. Just the crux of it again, that Ansari, he entertains them, gives them some water to drink, some dates, and he slaughters one little goat he had, and he presents the meat of that. <coughs> and after they had eaten, just after the severe pangs of hunger, so severe that they came out of their houses at a time when people don't come out. So this was something that was the bare necessity to keep their lives. And after they had eaten this little basic food and this water they had drunk, Nabi Islam then said to them, That you will be questioned about even these favors of the day of Qiyamah. This food, this water that you got after the pangs of hunger brought you out of your house. That which you ate and you didn't waste one bit of it. But you'll be questioned about this also. That how did you get it? How did you use it? If both these things are in order, well and good. Now can we imagine the rest of it? That which came after such severe hunger. What about all the excess? And the question about how it came and how it was spent. And every ni'mat, the Islam says, zillun baridun. Even this cool shade, there'll be a question about this also. What appreciation you show to Allah Ta'ala for this? And how did you thank Allah Ta'ala for his na'mats and bounties? And the Mufassirin explained in this that every na'mat, among the first na'mats in the hadith it's mentioned, among the first na'mats that a person will be questioned about is the health that Allah Ta'ala gave him. How was his health used? And the wealth Allah Ta'ala gave him, how was the wealth used? The eyes Allah Ta'ala gave him, how was the eyes used? What did he use it to look at? <coughs> was it used to look at one's parents with love and muhabbat? And at every glance, looking at his mother and getting the sawab of Hajj and Umrah? Or was he looking at something else which is haram, which is destroying his iman, destroying his akhlaq, destroying his haya? Was he looking at the Quran Sharif? And deciding the kalam of Allah Ta'ala? Or was he looking at filth? Or was he using his eyes for? Be question about his eyes. He'll be question about his tongue. How did he use his tongue? What did he speak? Did he speak that which pleases Allah Ta'ala? Or was there vulgarity? Was there indecent things that he was speaking about? The tongue, such a great ni'mat, such a great bounty. But if a person loses this ni'mat of this tongue, one person, Allah Ta'ala protect us, something happened and he lost his speech completely. He gradually went into such a depression that he became like a person totally aloof from everybody and everything. 
He couldn't handle it that he lost his speech. What a gift Allah has given us. So in any case, all these ni'mats and bounties, to sit down, to think about it, and to think about it in the context of what answer I'm going to give about these ni'mats to Allah on the day of Qiyamah. How did I use my eyes? How did I use my ears, my tongue, my hands, my feet? How did I use the gifts of Allah When a person has this in front of him, then let alone commit the major sins, let alone commit zina, the zina of the eyes will become difficult for him. Otherwise, if moth is not in front, then he'll commit the worst acts and say, make tawbah later. And this is one of the biggest traps of shaitan, that shaitan says, do it now and make tawbah later. Don't worry, you must repent at the 11th hour. But death can come at 10.30 also. The 11th hour may never be seen. How many a person Allah protect and save us? How many people were picked up from the bed of zina, the janazah, the mayyit was picked up from the bed of zina? One person finished off hanging. This is not true. This is merely for our ibrat. Nobody knows who he's been spoken about. But these are things that have happened. And it's for our ibrat. And a person, his last breath he took, and he finished off hanging on that one arm bandit. That he jerked that handle or something. And as he jerked it, his life finished off there and he finished off hanging on it. That's how life went away. Somebody was picked up from the casino floor. And somebody was picked up where and where. Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us. Allah Ta'ala give us khatma bil khayr. Give us death on complete and perfect iman. And death in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But these are realities, these are things we have to reflect on. And the simple muraqaba, the meditation of death, is what creates this consciousness. And the very simple one is to dedicate some time. To dedicate some time to think about these realities. To imagine one's death. Imagine one's own death. These are my last moments. I'm now heading out of this dunya. What is the scene at that time around me? Imagine that scene. Who may be there? Who may be crying? Who may be saying something? And now my life has gone. Now I'm being given ghusl to. I'm a, just in the hands of people as they want, they're telling me I can't do a thing, I can't say a thing. But there were so many things I wanted to do. I wanted to sort out certain financial issues. I can't do anything about it now. I wanted to ask somebody for forgiveness. It's too late now. That family member I broken ties with, I wanted to make up with him. I was saying tomorrow. Now it's already too late. I was supposed to do so many things. Gone. I'm now just in the hands of people. They're turning me left and right as they want. Allah. I'm lying in my coffin. Now the time has come and they're carrying me to my grave. The Janaza Salah has been performed. Imagine the whole scene. Now I'm being lowered in that grave. And now I can feel the cold floor on my back. And now that grave is getting darker and darker as those planks have been put into place. Now I can hear that sand. Tons of sand is falling on, and I'm left alone. What is going to be to my assistance now? It's one's iman and righteous actions. That is what's going to come to him. That surah that he recited, surah mot that he recited, will come on one end. His, that Quran will come in one direction. The fast will come some direction, and his uh, zakat will come from another direction. All in beautiful forms, provided that these things were done correctly. And he saved himself from haram. And if he made a mistake, he made sincere tawbah. He kept his situation clear with Allah. Then inshallah, the cover also will welcome him.
among all the people that walk on the earth, I loved you the most. Now you are in me, let me show you how I will treat you. The qabr will address it. And then that qabr expands to the extent where his eye can see. And then the window of Jannah is open for him in that qabr. And the beautiful breeze of Jannah comes through that window. And he is brought, the mattress of Jannah is brought for him. And he's told, Nam kanomatil arus. That you sleep like a bride sleeps, that nobody disturbs the sleep. So this is all waiting for him if he spent his life in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with him. Allah Ta'ala forbid, Allah Ta'ala forbid, that if it was spent in the other way, then this cover says of all the people walking on the earth, you were the one I hated most. Now that you are to my, have been left to me, I will show you how I will treat you. And then it constricts upon him. Nabi Sallallahu then displayed this by an example and it interlaced his fingers. He said like how the fingers of one hand go into the other. The ribs of this person then go into one another. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So this life is very, very short, but it is something that we can make the everlasting life with this life. So this is the place that we have to make it. Ad-dunya mazra'atul akhirah. This world is the planting field of the akhirah. What we will plant here, we will sow there. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we keep this debt in front of us and we bring our life onto the complete obedience of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala onto the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the process for this is that we keep ourselves in the right environments in the right places we keep ourselves in the right groups we go out in the path of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala we keep ourselves in the environments of deen where the talks of iman and yaqeen are taking place we are joining the talim in the masjid. We are becoming part of the amal of the masjid. And this will keep this consciousness of akhirat. And we keep in the company of the ahlullah. And we learn how to bring alive this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts. Then inshallah with these two things in our hands, this will become a very easy thing. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Satis said we should have a short zikr and then dua. Inshallah for a few minutes we'll make some zikr. The purpose of this is merely just as an encouragement and little talim is to teach the dhikr how we should be making dhikr daily in our time. We should be dedicating some time to remember Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. His verbal dhikr is meant to create the reality of dhikr, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That we be, be forever conscious of Him. So for a short while, inshallah, a few minutes, make dhikr and do Sharif, it is mentioned that the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, he'll get the tawfiq of doing righteous amal and as a result, this will be the honor that will be blessed to him on the day of Qiyamah. When reciting La ilaha illallah, then the way to bring the consciousness and to bring the deeper feeling within is when saying la ilaha to imagine that everything besides Allah Ta'ala, all the ghayrullah all the evil, all the filth, all the dirt all the haram that is in our hearts we've taken everything and thrown it out and illallah is a nur that is descending from above which is the love of Allah Ta'ala and this is illuminating our hearts 
ജസ്ലാഹുഅല ഇല്ല 
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين Ya Allah, O most merciful Allah, most gracious and kind Allah, most loving Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, indeed, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah. Allah, from head to toe, we are covered in sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we are, we are your servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, your forgiveness is for sinners, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, shower down your maghfirat upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our sins, Ya Allah. Forgive our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Forgive what we have done deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Allah, shower down your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Shower down your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in oppression, Ya Allah, remove the oppression from them, Ya Allah. Allah, give hidayat to the oppressors also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if the hidayat is not meant for them, it's not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever is happening is due to our amal, Ya Allah. Allah, we're acknowledging this, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a tawfiq of doing those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from those a'mal that bring down your adab and rati, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna, Ya Allah. Save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Allah, don't leave us to ourselves with the blink of an eyelid, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan ka waqiyatil waleed. اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد يا الله you protect us like the little babies looked after يا الله إله العالمين يا الله you save us from every direction يا الله الله you save us from the sins of the eyes يا الله save us from the sins of the tongue يا الله save us from the sins of the ears يا الله save us from the sins of the hands and feet يا الله الله you purify our hearts يا الله fill our hearts with your love يا الله fill our hearts with love of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله fill our hearts with love of the Quran شريف يا الله Allah, give us the love of reciting Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Salah, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to perform our five times Salah with Jama'ah, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from ever missing any Salah, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us khushu and khudu in our Salah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the love of zikr, Ya Allah. Give us the love of remembering you, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the taste of dua, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from neglect, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from indifference, Ya Allah. Allah, let us be forever conscious of you, Ya Allah. Allah, bless us with your marifat and recognition, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect our friends, Ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, you guide us all to the straight path, Ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Allah, take us directly to Jannah, Ya Allah. Grant us Jannah to Firdaus, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the azab of the qabr, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the azab of the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Save us from the azab 
اب جہنم یا اللہ اللہ گرانٹ اسی شفاعت اب رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اللہ گیو اس جنت الفردوس without any reckoning یا اللہ اللہ don't take us to task یا اللہ اللہ don't make us account for anything یا اللہ اللہ there is nothing we can present یا اللہ اللہ we cannot account for anything یا اللہ اللہ whatever we have done یا اللہ is not even worthy of presenting یا اللہ یا اللہ you forgive us یا اللہ without any accountability send us to جنت الفردوس یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ those of our parents who are living یا اللہ give them برکت in their life برکت in their health یا اللہ اللہ enable us to earn جنت through service to them یا اللہ اللہ those of our parents who have passed away یا اللہ fill their قبر سے نور یا اللہ میک دی کمپلیٹ مغفرت یا اللہ میک دی ہائیسٹ سٹیجز ان دی اخرت یا اللہ یا اللہ میک اس امین جو ثواب جاریہ فد بی اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ یا اللہ دی ٹائم اف اوتھ تیک اس وی دی کلمہ لا الہ الا اللہ محمد رسول اللہ اللہ تیک اس ایمان کامل یا اللہ تیک اس توبہ النسوح یا اللہ اللہ تیک اس دی ٹائم دیٹ یو ار پلیز وتھ اس ریا پلیز وتھ یو یا اللہ اللہ اول دوز ہیو پاسڈ اوے میک دی کمپلیٹ مغفرت یا اللہ فل دی قبر سے نور یا اللہ الہ العالمین اول دوز سی گیو دیم شفاء کاملہ عجیلا مستمرا دائما اللہ give them complete cure and afiyat ya Allah remove every trace of the illnesses ya Allah Allah those who are in financial difficulties remove their difficulties ya Allah those who are in debts ya Allah make the easy payments of their debts possible ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya Allah remove each one's sorrows and grief and depressions ya Allah remove all the anxieties and worries ya Allah Allah grant muhabbat and ya Allah unity ya Allah Allah fill the hearts with muhabbat ya Allah ilahul alamin unite the hearts of spouses ya Allah Allah unite the hearts of parents and children ya Allah unite the hearts of brothers and sisters ya Allah unite the hearts of family members ya Allah unite the hearts of the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah make us yours ya Allah Allah you become ours ya Allah Allah you make us yours and become ours ya Allah Allah we have no way else to turn to ya Allah we only have your law ya Allah Allah don't send us empty handed ya Allah Allah you become ours and make us yours ya Allah Allahul alamin ya Allah grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirah ya Allah Allah all those who are present ya Allah You are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. You know the cry of each person's heart, Ya Allah. Allah, fulfill each one's needs, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Run the best of dunya and akhirat.